You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 72. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak. I don't think the viewers even know who you are anymore, Sean. Welcome. They saw me two weeks ago. It counts. <laughs> it counts. All right. Okay. Consistent until until uh, a little bit of normalcy comes back into play. Yeah, I don't know when that's gonna be. That's that might be a long time. <laughs> Boy, you and me both. The freaking health department screwed me over this week. So yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone joining us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there and simultaneously on twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week is some big news on EA's latest earnings call. But first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week. So let's go ahead and jump right in sean the first item on the pxn news of the week is drew murray is uh has been announced that he is leaving the initiative which they are making the uh, perfect dark reboot to give more attention to his life outside of work uh in his own words that that was what he put on twitter um drew murray obviously he was one of the uh lead guys at insomniac for sunset overdrive and uh, many of Insomniac's other big games before that. Uh, I think this is uh, this is definitely interesting because um, obviously they already have like a, a direction set for what they want to do with Perfect Dark, and I think he kind of helped uh, direct that vision, that creative vision, um, and it, it may affect them. Uh, I'm not sure. It's probably too early to tell at this point uh what this is going to do for them but i do want to point out that some people were saying like uh he was leaving because you know perfect dark was in trouble and the initiatives in trouble and all this and it's like that's not the case uh his brother had unfortunately passed away in december and uh i think he he wants to step away from the industry right now and uh just go through the grieving process as i'm sure that was a difficult process for him and uh uh it's not it's not anything to do with the quality of the game in terms of you know his departure so uh do you think Sean, I know you've played Sunset Overdrive. Do you think that his departure is going to affect uh, Perfect Dark quite a bit, or what do you think is going to happen? Too early to tell. Uh, yeah, go with that because I'm sorry. We still we saw a teaser trailer of CGI. We didn't see gameplay in any sense. They gave a brief description. If I remember correctly, it's going to be a third person stealth. Right? They did mention that it was third person, not actually first. Uh, no, it's, no, it's actually first person. It is. Okay. So, sorry. I had that yep. backwards. Yep. Um, but again, we have no idea what anything looks like. So I, I think it's way too early to, for anybody to sound the alarms. People are change. They change jobs frequently. Uh, not just if the project is complete, but if other things happen in their life, I mean, I, I would not be, I would not be concerned being that one, this was marketed as a quadruple a studio uh, to even build this game to begin with. So I have a feeling that 
Xbox's hands, not just Phil's, but the entire company is inside of this game because the amount of money that they spent to build this studio up the way that it has been. And two, until you're given a maybe even an inkling of a date for this thing, I would not be worrying. It's like the same thing when Amy Hedding, um, I know she, she was a writer, but she left before the start of even Uncharted 4. So they didn't even use her script. It was Neil Druckmann and, um, oh God, why am I blanking on the other guy's name? Sam uh, something? Bruce Staley. Bruce, thank you. Yeah. Um, like they, they just kind of finished up her version of it. And I, we all agree that Uncharted 4 is a great game. It's just about four hours too long. Yeah. So I, I am not concerned in the slightest about it. Again, I'm not even that hot on this game, uh, mostly because I'm tired of getting amped up for games and not knowing anything about them. And second, I again, Perfect Dark is held to a way higher standard than it ever should be when there's been one good game and one bad game. What? Oh, Controversial? I love yes, I love Perfect Dark. Oh, we we don't talk about that 360 game. We don't we don't yeah. even pretend it exists. It's uh, in the franchise. You got to count it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. Uh, Daryl Gallagher is the head of the initiative, and he was uh, kind of the the man for the uh, Tomb Raider reboots for Crystal Dynamics. And I have the utmost trust in him to be able to find whoever is going to replace uh drew and uh yeah i i I still have the utmost confidence and i'm still very excited for this video game so yeah uh and my my thoughts uh definitely go out to him and his family drew drew's family for uh his brother passing away that's definitely a tough thing to deal with for sure um moving on sean to the next story uh ninja theory another xbox studio uh will know will add no more content to Bleeding Edge as they are now focusing on Hellblade 2, Project Mara, and the Insight Project. Um, this isn't a huge surprise to me. Uh, the game came out just about a year ago now, uh, Bleeding Edge, and uh, it didn't get a huge acclaim to it or anything, and I'm sure the population for it has been dwindling, and I'm sure it continues to go down. Um, obviously it was made by a very small amount of people at Ninja Theory. It was, I think it was made by, by like 10 or 15 people there. Um, so I feel like it was more like a passion project for them more so than anything else. Um, so I don't think it's a huge deal that this is happening. And obviously this is good that we're getting them focused on Hellblade 2, which is, I know a lot of people are looking forward to, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, and Project Mara, which is still kind of like a, I don't know, a concept, I guess, and and also the Insight Project, another kind of concept right now. Um, I definitely want to see more on those last two. Obviously, Hellblade 2 is probably going to be good, but uh, what do you think this is? Uh, what what are you most excited to see from Ninja Theory, Sean? Uh, oh, God. Uh, Enslaved 2? Yeah. Okay. I, I that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Fair point. Um, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even realize Bleeding Edge actually ever came out. I, I for some reason completely missed that, and I sounds from what you're telling me, kind of feels like maybe the world did too in a sense uh, when it came to it. I mean, sad for them because I know, like you said, it was a passion project for a handful of the developers yeah. and the team. So, 
I mean, that stinks, but I know Bleeding or Bleeding Edge. Um, God dang it. Uh, whatchamacallit? Ninja uh, is the, uh, no Hellblade 2. Oh, is a marquee title now for Xbox ever since they bought that studio. Uh, I mean, that was one of the very first uh teaser trailers mm -hmm. that they showed off when it came to the Xbox Series X. So, you know, they're going to put a lot of marketing behind this uh, and everything like that. So, it's understandable that they probably want this game out as soon as possible, uh -oh. uh, given the now lineup exclusives. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, you cut out for a second there. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I got the gist of what you were saying. Uh, yeah, I was confused because you did too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. Very excited to kind of see what the fuck Ninja Theory is going to do for us. And, yes, I just cursed, Sean. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't even an angry one. I know. I, I don't I've only cussed once and you cuss every other time. Yeah, that was kind of filler because I was I was more thrown off by your audio cutting out that I was like, oh, no, I got to fill my words with something else. So I filled it with that. And <laughs> there we are uh, <laughs> moving on uh, to the next news story, which you'll be excited about, Sean. I know you'll be excited about this. Oh, that time. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Halo Infinite uh, has gotten a January update as 343 promise last week. Um, so I'm just going to highlight a couple of things from this. Uh, I'm not going to deep dive into anything, but uh, I thought it was very interesting. They A few things they said, weapons will have different damage types expanding on projectile and plasma. So that's interesting because uh, traditionally Halo's only had basically two uh, damage types you have projectile weapons which are like human weapons essentially and plasma weapons which are covenant weapons and the plasma weapons always take down shields really quickly but then they don't kill the person very well and projectile weapons don't do as well against shields but then they kill very well when there's no shields so uh, it has a very interesting dynamic when you put it into multiplayer in the sandbox um, so I think it's interesting that they're going to expand on that and give us more uh, more damage types, which is super interesting. I'm curious what that's going to be, like maybe fire or something like that, uh, or I don't know, some crazy stuff. Um, but they also said that all the sandbox launch content is in the game and being played daily. Um, and there's a tease of a return of a fan favorite vehicle, which I'm hoping is going to be the brute chopper, uh, from halo three. And also a tease of a new vehicle that sits somewhere between a warthog and a scorpion tank, which <laughs> that just sounds like, I don't know, OP galore right there because the scorpion tank is a freaking beast and the warthog is the most versatile uh, vehicle in the series so something in between the two i'm excited to see what that ends up being um but yes i'm very excited about this obviously the sandbox launch content being ready means weapons vehicles uh equipment uh stuff like that things you're actually using in the world are are all finished they're just essentially polishing things up and uh that will be uh, kind of their last push, I guess, so to speak, to try to get the graphical fidelity to what it needs to be. Um, and this doesn't mean like the other aspects, gameplay and, and story and graphic and all that other stuff still has to be finished. This is just the one sandbox component that that is ready. Um, Sean, do you have a favorite Halo vehicle that you would like to see? 
Um, the Scorpion's always going to be in it. I, I feel yeah. like that's hard to ever take out. The Warthog was fun as a as a kid when it came to multiplayer, but when it came to campaign, I always liked the Scorpion tank just because. I mean, especially during the the first mission and or sorry, the second mission and I believe the sixth mission, just the amount of openness that you can do with that, mm. um, especially when you don't have the flood always kind of chasing you, uh, at least in Halo one. Like that was just such a blast. to ha- I guess pun intended uh, was <laughs> such a blast to kind of play around, with, especially during the beginning of, I guess. Halo really solidified first-person shooters for consoles. Mm. I'd say more so than GoldenEye, in my opinion. Um, I think GoldenEye broke it into console gaming, whereas Halo uh, Combat Evolved almost perfected it and how it felt. Mm. Uh, and I think their vehicles were always a choice. Um, I'm just hopeful that this game, everything keeps moving along and we get something like this. I, I don't, I don't necessarily say that Xbox needs it right now because both consoles are... It's going to be a lot of scarcity probably for a while, um, unfortunately, with everything going on. But I really hope that Xbox gets it um, sooner rather than later, just so that way they have some sort of, I guess, killer killer app. I, I, don't, I know they necessarily don't need it with Game Pass, but um, I would just like the conversation to shift away from, like, what exclusives does Xbox have, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to joke about it, but there are some serious fanboys out there that I don't think give Xbox the or I guess Microsoft, the do that it is deserved in video game as a, as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, and obviously halo infinite is that big game for this fall. Uh, I'm sure they'll have other stuff coming, but they haven't announced much outside of halo coming this fall. Um, but yeah, very excited. And, uh, I don't think they need anything else besides that, to be honest with you this fall. I think, That is enough that and maybe this will probably go back to a point that you've been making for excuse me for the last year. But this is a game that does not this is not to sell systems. This is not to sell copies of the game. This is to literally make a Netflix like ecosystem so much more vast when it comes to Xbox Game Pass. Like everybody that wants this game or wants to play this game will have it on Xbox Game Pass. And that's how yep. you get that subscription even be more abundant than it is right now. Yeah. And as we talked about last week, Roro and I talked about uh with games with or uh, with Xbox Live Gold now no longer being required for free to play games, that means Halo Infinite's multiplayer will be completely free for anyone, yeah. which is perfect and gets the game into the hands as in the hands of as many people as possible, which is exactly what Halo needs right now. So yeah, my nerdum came into uh, efforts when it came to work because somebody asked me, "Why are we pulling these cards? Are they bad?" Uh, the <laughs> Xbox One, uh, Gold. I was like, "Nope, actually, this whole program's going away." <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not gold's not going away. They just reversed their pricing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that. Well, you know how the cards look, though, yeah. just from your time at Walgreens. So it's just yeah. that's that's why we had to get rid of them all. Gotcha. All right, moving on into the next story, Sean. MLB The Show twenty one is coming to Xbox for the first time, launching day and date with PlayStation. So you I, buy it. I remember well. Yes, I will. (laughs) I will buy it on Xbox. But I think it's funny because we were just talking about this. I remember both of us talking about this 
probably about a year ago when they announced that by 2021 at the earliest they would have this in place and here we are xbox uh, and i think actually at the time i think you said switch and i said xbox and we're like oh we'll get it on both well i don't think we're gonna get a switch version thus far uh they haven't i don't want any it. more sports stuff unless it's mario themed to come to switch yeah. after the debacle that is fifa yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do any more realistic sim like games on Switch. Just just leave it to Mario to do his thing with all those those games and stuff like that. Yeah. The biggest uh so the biggest surprise that to me about this uh was the fact that it's coming the same day and there's no exclusivity thing with uh PlayStation either. Does that surprise you that they they didn't do like some kind of exclusive window like a month or or i don't know any kind of exclusive window or exclusive content because there's literally there might be like a couple of like skin packs or something that is exclusive i didn't look that deep into it but there's nothing big like it's not like a it's not like sony's deals that they do with third parties like uh call of duty content coming first to playstation or exclusive to playstation for however long uh, so I just thought that was kind of surprising. That it's a first-party developer for them. Does that surprise you? Not really, and it's only because I think, and this is again, this is all my opinion, but I think the pandemic might have started this whole more lovey-dovey partnership when it comes to first-party. Because um, I actually truly believe that the Bethesda games, specifically the next uh, Skyrim game, or sorry, see Elder that Scrolls. that's always the issue, Elder Scrolls. <laughs> Um, I don't think that'll be, I think they'll both be, uh, released on the same console day and date. I just think the reason why you want it on the Xbox is obviously due to the power and because it's going to be an Xbox game pass game. Um, same thing with MLB. Uh, the show has occasionally been a PlayStation plus game, obviously further than a line, but you're, that's never going to be like a game pass game. It just never will be. Um, so I, I understand them kind of playing dice with each other. And Sony probably too understanding the Bethesda deal is probably also trying to play a little nice with some certain things too because hmm. truly if Xbox wanted they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot but they could pull a lot of the a lot of the rug out from under them when it comes to Bethesda when it comes to Minecraft yeah um, and I don't see Microsoft at all wanting to do that and I don't see Sony wanting to say well let's piss them off to see if they would try yeah so I, I think it, and. Let's be honest, I think Sony is not going to see that big of a dip when it comes to their sales off of MLB The Show on an Xbox platform comparison to a PlayStation platform. Which is, I, I just yeah. think that that's you're going to buy it because you obviously prefer the controller of the Xbox. That's your ecosystem. Yeah. But how many people are so ingrained that MLB The Show is on PlayStation console? That's what I'm going to get it on still. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And it's literally just an additional audience. It's not, I don't think, like you said, I don't think there's going to be a big overlap of people that would have bought it on PlayStation that are going to buy it on Xbox. Now. I don't think that's going to be huge there. I think it's just going to be a lot of added sales for them. So it's a win for Sony. (laughs) Exactly. And it's, it just brings to my point where I think that at least while everything is going on in this industry right now, I think a lot of companies are going to play nice with each other, specifically the those two major ones. Everyone plays nice with Nintendo because Nintendo is not really your competition until, oh, shit, they sneak up on you. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's true. And if we ever get a Switch Pro, maybe we'll kind of stir that up a little bit more. I don't know. I actually thought about getting a new Switch because, um, like, you can't you can't find Joy Cons anywhere. I like it's so annoying. One of my Joy Cons unfortunately broke. Yeah. I found this out yesterday that the uh, right stick on one of the Joy Cons is broken, mm. and I'm like, and the other one I have it has a drift issue. So right now I just I don't have a Joy Con that clicks on the right, and unfortunately with uh, Hyrule Warriors you have to do that in order to lock on. So can't play that at the moment. So I was like, oh, I'll just buy a, buy a new Joy-Con. Can't find them. Next time they're going to be in stock is like March 10th or something like that. Oh, but now you can get Switches again. I'm just like, yeah. So I'll just go ahead and buy another Switch and just have this as a backup. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've heard that Hyrule Warriors is pretty fun. Uh, one of my friends I was playing with the other day on Halo, he, uh, he said he was playing Hyrule Warriors, and he really enjoyed it. So... I got to the second part of the tutorial and yeah. it made, it wants me to lock on to do complete it. I can't lock on. I'm just like <laughs> God. mother effer. So I'm, I'm stuck. I can't play it. That sucks. Yep. Uh, moving on, Sean, to the next story. Uh, there has been a canceled Xbox 360 remaster of GoldenEye 007 that has been leaked online. Um, and people have actually been playing it. Because uh, I guess the entire game has actually leaked online. Um, ha- have you seen footage of this yet? I have not. I've only read uh, stories on it. Uh, I oh, think it what, got it, got announced either last Friday or Sunday, something like that. Yeah, it it looks like for it being a 360 uh, remaster, reskin, whatever you want to call it, it looks really good uh, in terms of you know touched up. It it literally looks like Golden Eye as we remember it when we were kids playing on N64 except on 360 and all the skins look better, all the weapons look better, everything looks better. Um, And obviously it's not to today's standard because it's two generations old now, but it actually, I would have been super into this if this had actually come to fruition because I loved GoldenEye as did many, uh, uh, many people and it kind of revolutionized first person shooters um on console and yeah it i don't know man i just i think it's so funny looking at the comparison because they had people comparing the old and the new next to each other and you see the new and you're like oh yeah that's that's golden i remember that and then you see the other one and you're like oh wait that was what it looked like it looked that bad back then but uh that's just how time works you you yeah, get it's... used to it <laughs> It's not a game that aged well. I think it should always be revered for what it introduced. But yeah. let's be real, that generation will never never age well compared to what we got in like the PS2 and onward. Or I guess you could say the Super Nintendo and backwards. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just too hard to go back to literal triangles for stuff. Um, but it is a, I do want to check it out just to kind of see what it looks like. But... Um, I think GoldenEye is good where it's at. I, I, I like the continued innovation. Uh, I mean, to be real, the only the next FPS that I'm even looking forward to myself even playing, because, you know, I'm not a huge big FPS person, yeah. is Halo Infinite. So I, I, I would just like to see what it's like, but I don't really have... the My nostalgia uh, stems from more the multiplayer aspect of it hmm. um, or unlocking double I think I lost you for a second, Sean. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Oh, you got me again. You're you're back. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with this. Thing. Yeah. Um, but I, my my fondest memory of that is both multiplayer and unlocking 007 mode was like the greatest accomplishment in my video game career where like you had to perfect every single mission on all three difficulties to get to basically start just screwing with the entire system itself. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I only heard about half of what you said, but I agree with it anyways. (laughs) Uh, I called you so many names. Oh yeah. I'm sure you did. (laughs) (laughs) Moving into the next story, the Nintendo switch Lite, Sean uh, is about to outsell the Wii U apparently. Uh, so they sold two units. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they sold like, I don't know. I think the Wii U only had like 11 or 12 million sold or something. something. I thought it was, it was like 12 or 14, something like that. I think you're right around the 12. Yeah. So obviously this is uh, great for Nintendo. Obviously that uh, one lower end system of the switch is outselling the Wii U by itself. And the switch in, in general has been killing it lately. So, when when are we going to get the next version of the switch whether it be a pro or a you know redesign or slim or whatever what when are we going to get that so we're approaching year four in yeah. less than four weeks mm-hmm. of the switch life cycle i mean obviously it's been uh just a success i mean it it's Talked about obviously during the pandemic so much, and even before then, it was just killing it with sales. Yeah. Um, and you can now just find one after almost like nine months of not being able to find one again. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think they're worried about releasing a Switch Pro just yet. I mean, the light just came out last year, mm-hmm. so it. I mean, that there was your updated model kind of because the battery life was a little longer for handheld mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think you're on to something where instead of a Switch Pro. I think it'll be a iteration on the Switch, like um, like the 3DS type thing. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to learn their mistakes from, well, I, I should say I think, but I hope, um, that they'll learn their mistake from the new 3DS mm-hmm. to something different with the Switch and not just saying the new Switch, because that was obviously the dumbest name. And really the only thing they did was add a C-stick and tone down the 3D. Yeah. Um, but I, I think... I think it is eventually coming. I know Nintendo has reports of saying that uh, we are not going to be releasing one anytime soon, but I do either expect one possibly this holiday season and maybe connection with a Zelda two launch or mm-hmm. honestly, probably whenever Zelda two launches. I mean, we all know the history of Zelda breath of the wild when it comes to the switch at launch yeah. that there was more people that bought <laughs> breath of the wild than own switches. Yeah. So, uh r.i.p uh wii u you had good games that are literally now all on the switch <laughs> almost almost all of them <laughs> what game is it now uh, uh, Mar- uh mario's uh, mario 3d world comes yeah. on the 12th that's true that's it that was the last game that we didn't have zombie u <laughs> that's on the switch is it really oh yeah that's was, on the switch i was just messing around yeah all right well that's good then. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, this is this is the only. If anybody still had their Wii U out, yeah. you're done. <laughs> yeah. Put it nope. away. No point in owning it anymore. 
Moving into Google, uh, Google, Sean, has shut down its internal Stadia game studios, focus, and they say it's because they're focusing on partnering with other companies for third-party games. Uh, I think, the, and Jade Raymond had literally went to Stadia to create one of their internal studios, and now she's out without a job because... Uh, they're just like, nope, we're pulling the plug on that one. And that's the problem. That's what we talked about so many times with Stadia that Google, if, if something, if it's not succeeding, Google is not afraid to pull out of it. And I think this is, yeah, exactly. And I think this is the first step of them pulling completely out of games because Stadia has not gotten anywhere close to the amount of subscribers that they would need for it to be worth something. It's not. I mean, hell, I think that Xbox X Cloud streaming is getting more use than what Stadia is getting, and X Cloud is free with Game Pass. So it's like I don't, yeah, I still don't understand what Google's goal was with this—that they're shutting down their their internal studios. That's not going to bring people to the, your platform. Uh, that's going to, if anything, shy people away from your platform. So uh, do you think this is finally going to be the end of Stadia soon? I think you're on the right trail that it's soon. I think Google's going to make some last-ditch efforts with some partnerships to see what they can get. Ultimately, I think those partnerships will fail in a sense like uh, that the developer or publisher will realize that they're not getting return on investments, even though they are getting Google money for it. Hmm. They're not getting the sales that they should have for it. I mean... I, I think it goes to show that you and I um, and uh, Roro too, yeah. uh, we've all talked about Stadia to the point of it almost seems like we hate it. I don't think that was ever a hate thing, but it was more of a why. Yeah. And like that's not a good sign when hardcore gamers mm-hmm. are saying that consistently. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you and I have all three consoles. Uh, like, and we bought pretty much every single one of them day and date for it. That's how excited we are to play games. Like, even if we don't get a chance to play games all the time, we wanted those consoles, we wanted those experiences. You and I made no effort whatsoever <laughs> to try to snatch up a Stadia. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that should tell you something that, like, not that we didn't even believe in it, but it's like, why is, what is this for? Yeah. And I just don't think they listen to consumers. To be honest with you, I think it's, Google was kind of overstepping their boundaries, thinking that they knew the population of gamers more so than they really did. Whereas Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo have more of their ear to the ground. They understand what gamers want and streaming as great as it is to kind of watch and have at times, it is not something to rely on. We are not there in this world yet that that's your sole way to get a game. I agree completely. And like you said, there's no reason with us having next gen consoles and I have a PC as well. Like there's no reason for me to jump into Stadia. There's, I mean, with them no longer having first party studios, there's literally no reason. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, it's great. And there's like, and and their subscription model as a whole too. Like Mm -hmm. they were almost doing like, it was like a half step of Xbox game pass. Like I, I, I'm not a huge fan of PlayStation now. Um, I, I think it's a good service, but they have so much more to do to get that to a Game Pass level. But like even that service was better 
than Stadia's for the subscriptions and the amount that you pay because you never truly own those games. You only rented them, but you had to buy them to rent them. It made no sense. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You have to buy, you have to get the subscription and buy the games. And then, yeah, it's just, it's really messy. Uh, moving into some PlayStation news, Sean, uh, God of War 2018 has gotten a enhanced performance mode for PlayStation 5 owners that is out now. Uh, gives you 60 frames per second and 4K, up to 4K resolution, and it does use check, checkerboarding if it doesn't need, if it can't get up to the full resolution. Um, but apparently it looks really good. Uh, I would like to go in just to check it out. I probably won't do another playthrough because it's too many hours and I'm already way behind on everything else right now because of Halo. But uh, are you interested in going back and checking this out on PS5? Uh, not at this point. Um, just because I, I played it, I think last year, uh, if I remember correct, I think it was last year, maybe even this year, uh, where I took some time and actually like replayed it and everything like that. And almost a hundred percent of presented it. I'm sorry. New, um, is it Nephilim? Wherever the mist is. I can't remember. I think it's Nephilim. Uh, it's just way too long. Yeah. <laughs> it takes forever to do that crap. But I already experienced that again on PlayStation 4. I do love the game. Yeah. Um, I, I still think that is one of last generation's classics in the end. Yeah. Um, I was so happy to hear that it was part of that PlayStation Plus collection when you got your PS5. Yes. Um, so that was, a, that was a really cool deal. But I, it's not something I'm lo- going to go back to just yet. I went back to Spider-Man for a little bit, uh, maybe like four weeks ago. Hmm. Um, I know it launched on the same year and it came with Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, it still looked as gorgeous as ever, but even then I'm just like, I've had this experience. I'd love to go back eventually and play it again, but Mm. it gave me time. There's still some newer games that I'd like to check out. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, maybe, maybe a playthrough before the new God of war comes out. Who knows? Um, Moving into more PS5 news, uh, Returnal, which is the PlayStation 5 exclusive from Housemark, who uh, you may know as the Rezogun creators for PlayStation 4, has been delayed one month to April 30th, 2021. I just put it in here because uh, we really still haven't seen a whole lot on this game. I'm still not entirely sure what we're going to get out of it. I know we saw some gameplay of it not too long ago, but uh, I don't know. I'm I was always a huge fan of Housemark's work before this, like Rezogun and those arcadey like uh, blast 2D shooters. I, I loved that kind of experience. It looked really good, but it, obviously it didn't do well enough for them to continue doing that. So. Uh, I'm very intrigued to see how Returnal ends up. Uh, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think we're gonna see out of Returnal? Do you think it's gonna be a step above of what they've done before, or do you think it's just gonna be, you know, a Game Pass game, so to speak? We, it's not obviously in Game Pass because it's a PlayStation game, but you know that type of experience where it's a lower end experience, but it's good. Uh, I mean, this is a game that's actually on my radar simply because of the name yeah. of House Marquee. Because you and I have talked plenty of times on the podcast how I've enjoyed all of those uh, arcade games. I think there isn't a better arcade developer than House Marquee. 
Hmm. I mean, um, was it Ex Machina? You said you mentioned Resogun. Yep. They also had Dead Nation, Alien Nation. Like that, they had yep. a lot of great arcade shooters that were super fun to play co-op as well. Mm-hmm. This is a huge departure from them, and we've known that this was going to be a departure for them too. They they announced this, I believe, back in if I remember correctly, twenty eighteen. Um, so it, it's it's been on my radar for that. I am very interested to see how it's going to hold up. I'm not one hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it could really go either way, being that this is untested ground for this developer. But I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. And as we've talked about before delay as necessary especially given this time it's got i can only imagine what it's like to develop a um any type of gaming or movie or any entertainment thing just knowing how both your and i's work has now adapted to covid times like i can only imagine what it has to do when you literally can't go in your office where there's massive servers and all that stuff Mm. so take your time as you need um still just an interesting one that i'm going to watch out for might not be a day one purchase. I'll definitely read reviews on this, but it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, just not 100% sure where it's leaning towards. Like, I feel like it's all, it feels like a lot of alien isolation, but with like probably more gunplay or any gunplay since there was no gunplay in that game. Yeah. Um, but it's still not 100% sure how it's going to look in the end. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Sean, the last news story we have of the week is uh, Sony confirms that 4.5 million PS5s have been sold in the launch quarter, which is somehow, I don't know how it's the same, but it's the same amount that PS4 sold in its launch quarter. Uh, and they also said that the retail price, they officially said this, that the retail price is below the manufacturing costs. So they are taking a loss on everyone that they sell, which isn't surprising because usually consoles do that. Um, and then they make it up in terms of game sales. But I think this is certainly interesting because um, not that long ago, like I want to say like six months ago, maybe less, Sony said that they would have more PlayStation 5s in the launch window than PlayStation 4 consoles. And I feel like we haven't gotten that. Um, and normally I would be like, okay, that it's COVID or whatever, whatever that's causing that. But they, that wasn't that long ago that they said that. I can't remember exactly when that was. They said that they would have more uh, consoles in the launch. I think it was July or August. Yeah, yeah. So it was already into the pandemic. So you would think that they would know that. But also maybe maybe there was a higher shortage of uh, supplies because we are hearing that AMD is having issues getting their components to both consoles, Xbox uh, Series X and PlayStation 5. And maybe that's the reason because both of them use AMD graphics cards. And maybe that's why they're only getting 4.5 million. But right now it's, it's, I mean, both the PS5 and Xbox Series X are literally selling as fast as they can make them right now, which is uh, very interesting. And I don't know how long this is going to last, but a lot of people are saying it's going to last through 2021 that we're going to have shortages on consoles and on graphics cards. Um. I don't know. What do, what do you think we're going to see from this? Do you do you think we're going to have a long drought of not seeing PlayStation 5s on store shelves or 100%. I mean, I don't think I I think that was just marketing talk to be honest with you back in July and August or whenever that quote was said. Um just because everybody I wouldn't say everybody, but like half this country 
thought that literally this whole thing was a hoax for so long. <laughs> Suddenly it's not. And everyone thinks that the vaccine is going to roll out so quickly. Obviously it's not. There's a lot of issues with that. Um, so I can tell you on a separate podcast if I need to make one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's like they may, they definitely overestimated the availability of certain products and what's going to happen with this or that. Um, especially like the, these chips that both systems actually use and hence the issue. Um, I do find it interesting that it's sold on par with PlayStation 4. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with necessarily the games that it launched with or anything like that. I th mm -hmm. think it simply has to do that. I do blame the pandemic. People were, no matter what, looking for something to do. Um, even though there's not like really quarantine orders in the Americas, there is still a lot of people that are working from home that mm -hmm. aren't going out in public. This is gaming has become a huge phenomenon uh, with all this stuff happening. So I, I understand why a $500, cause let's be honest. I think you're the only person in the world that has the discless version. Uh, the, but so most people bought the $500 version of the PS five. Um, that's why it's sold on par with the PS four. I just, I personally don't foresee. I think that for one, this console life is going to be gigantic. I think whatever we just saw, uh, with the PS four, PS three, those generations, those each being about seven, eight years, I couldn't imagine this with iterations on the consoles themselves too, but possibly being 10 years, because I think we're going to be looking at 2020 as a wash. Hmm. You were lucky to get a console in 2019. It's still going to be as hard to find. I think this is going to be a long console generation, gotcha. but I don't think it's the last console generation as I'm sure people on wall street will start saying like this was the last time. Yeah. Um, it's because they're upset they got owned by Reddit this past week. Oh, gosh. Yeah. GameStop. <laughs> GameStop, the biggest jump in history. I don't know. That was insane. Bankrupting hedge funds. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely a crazy uh, story for sure. Should have bought Did some Did you see, GameStop. by the way, about two, uh, the Gearbox uh, uh, buyout yes. on Bracer? Yes. Uh, formerly THQ Nordic. <laughs> I meant yeah. to ask you about that. Yeah, we had a ton of news stories, so I, I cut it out. But yeah, we can talk about it if you want. No, uh, no, no. I'm just curious if anybody. Yeah. The there was a follow up today from that story that got announced earlier that 2K is still going to be publishing further Borderlands games if that actually does. If there's more games, which I'm assuming with the success of three, there will be. Yeah. Let's be honest. And honestly, I left it out because I was just in a depressed mood, knowing that Randy Pitchford was probably getting a big chunk of money. No, I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I hate Randy Pitchford. He knows it. I was doing it for you. Yeah. You hadn't had a Randy Pitchford yeah. probably in a few weeks. Yeah. Freaking Randy Pitchford. Get out of here. <laughs> Anyways, moving into the games we were playing slash what we were working on. I added that together because it kind of made sense just to put it together. Uh, Sean, I've been playing Master Chief Collection still, so that's not changed. I've actually started a legendary co-op run with one of my friends. Uh, we've we've plowed through Halo Reach. We're going in chronological order. We're on Halo CE right now. We're gonna we're gonna do it co-op. I've already done it solo legendary. Now it's co-op legendary time. So, yeah, more Halo. <laughs> uh, Good luck on library. Do what? Library. That's the hardest oh, mission in my. That's and all the Halo games. That was my hardest mission. That's easy. You can literally cheese that level so easily. Yeah, that was before I looked at like anything with that stuff. Okay, I I used to play strategically. <laughs> I did that. I strategically, I bet like try to dust, dash through the checkpoints <laughs> and load my guy in. <laughs> I did that literally as a kid. I, the, when I was playing it as a little kid, 
for the first time. I was like, oh man, we can just jump from pillar to pillar here and just kill them real quick. But anyways, uh, and I also have episode two of Daniel Reacts coming out this Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on my YouTube account. Uh, you can search XDTM3000X and uh, you'll find that going up on Friday. I'm going to do it on the Halo Infinite January update. If you want a little bit more information from that, check that out. Sean, what are you playing? Um, so, uh, unfortunately, I have not been playing really... <laughs> Anything I actually did play last night, but uh, just due to work-life balance at the moment, there's been no balance. It has all been work. Uh, but I, I discussed that a few weeks ago as far as what's going on with work, and it's just continuing for me. Um, but I did finally check out uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, the essential 10-year anniversary on the Switch. Uh, still as glorious as ever. God, that music from Anna Managuchi uh, is just amazing. Uh, I actually... When this pandemic is finally over and I can start seeing friends again, I am very much looking forward to bringing my Switch. We were playing party games. Uh, I know you and I even played Killer B yes. uh, about a year ago or something like that. Um, yeah. Or Killer Queen, sorry. Killer. Uh, but that is a fun brawler that I'd actually truly never played as co-op. So I am excited to play that um, and kind of just go along with that music and it's not a hard game. It's just it's a, it is a brawler, old school wise, and I love that movie. I I love that atmosphere of it, um, and so it, it was it was a lot of fun. I probably put about like forty five minutes in it so far, but I've already played and beat the game before, so it's just kind of rehashing my memories from it. Sweet, uh, Sean. Moving into the topic of the show, we have the EA earnings call that uh, just happened a, a couple of days ago. Uh, and they had a lot of information coming out of it, which I thought was very interesting. So the first thing that I wanted to highlight here, uh, they said they plan to release a new racing game every year with the now that they made the Codemasters acquisition, which Codemasters uh, has like dirt project cars, F1 franchises, and, and more as well. Um, but they want to mix those uh, franchises with Burnout and Need for Speed and release a new racing game every year. Uh, man, I love arcade racers, but I feel like releasing a racing game every year will saturate the market far too much, even if they're different franchises. Like, I feel like already I was getting to the point where I was like, all right, Microsoft, stop releasing forts every year because they were releasing them. It, yes, it was Horizon and Motorsport, and I'm a bigger fan of Horizon than Motorsport, um, but it was literally every year, and they have stopped now. The last two years, they have not had a Forza, Forza game, and um, obviously the next-gen Forza Motorsport has been announced, but it may not be coming till fall this year or fall next year. Uh, that's still not determined as of right now, but uh, I feel like this is just going to oversaturate it. Uh, there's already so many racing games out there. Uh, what Do you think that this is going to oversaturate the racing game market? I mean, you know, this isn't a genre for me. Uh, as far as racing, it's really not even one for you. You just like the prettiness of Forza itself, yeah. uh, which I can respect. Um, I know... I would say dirt is probably the most different of all these because of how it is rally cars um, in different atmospheres. Um, I still obviously think they way overpaid for Codemasters, but they saw something in them that I guess I don't see. 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I question that myself too, but at the same time, I guess if you're good at what you're doing, if you see success from it, even if it might just be the sales success, it is EA. They are a big company. I mean, they're always voted the worst company. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I can't, I can't fault them for want them wanting to be this, their plan. Uh, more or less, I mean, Activision for the most part releases a Call of Duty every single year, um, and they still always sell, and they're kind of competing against each other online. So I guess I can understand that, but I don't know. I think it's smart that Microsoft backed off of it. I love the fact that Assassin's Creed. We don't get one of those every single year now. I think it's a great break. I mean, shit, I haven't even gotten back to. This valhalla um and i was enjoying my time with it i just haven't had an opportunity yet so i i actually respect that when there is those breaks to do some tweaks ah i don't know i just i don't get racing games in that sense either now i will say burnout burnout's fine as far as if it's the destruction stuff crash mode burnout yeah exactly like burnout was just a fun goofy game which i know need for speed kind of is too but they always protected license when it came to wrecking cars and all that stuff. And it's just people want to live out a destruction fantasy sometimes. So that way they're not essentially going insane too, but uh, it's just an odd choice to make it cards, but I guess you got to get your money back somehow from Codemasters. Yeah, that's very true. And yeah, they, I definitely think they overpaid for Codemasters and, like 2K was originally uh, put in a bid for Codemasters, and then EA like I don't know doubled the, what 2K bid, and were just like, nope, we're taking them. And I don't know. I guess they, it was more they didn't want 2K to have them. I I guess, um, which is interesting. Uh, maybe trying to get a a little bit of a uh, hold on the racing market. Although Microsoft has a pretty tight hold on that right now with forza uh and, and then whenever ps playstation and releases any grand Turismo, it takes it over but yeah. obviously they're sparse in comparison to forza right yeah uh sean ea sports has announced or not announced but in the earnings call also uh college football is returning uh and i say sort of because they announced that there's a hundred institutions that have signed on. So a hundred colleges, uh, but rosters are said to be randomly generated with random attributes with no player names attached to them. Um, and, and obviously they also followed up in a tweet that said more info over the next couple of years, which means it's still years away. It's still at least probably two years away. Uh, before we actually see this game come to light. But I don't know if this is what people are going to want because it's not going to be actually the the rosters of the, the college teams that you enjoy. It's going to be completely random, and I don't know how I feel about that because like, if your favorite team just gets random attributes and it's just terrible, like... Ohio State, for instance, they're always uh, near the top, or or Alabama is always near the top. What if they get randomized with such a terrible roster? Like people are going to be so mad about that. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. What do, What do you think that's going to look like? I don't. I don't know. I mean, if they're saying it's years away, just maybe they're years away for fighting in Congress to actually get yeah. uh, college athletes to now be considered amateurs. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, this this these games were fun when I was in college um, because I went to Miami University, where the Red Hawks are notoriously notoriously bad at football. Mm. So it was great to see that, like, I could bring a <laughs> MAC team into like the national championship uh, conversation type thing. But I mean, other than that, I don't know why else you would play this game if you went to one of these bigger stores these days because there are bigger schools because it's like that is the allure that you get to play as your college team um, yeah. or I even played a lot as UC too growing up around this area and it's like UC is actually really good at football now uh, I mean so much that they were in the national conversation this year to make the playoffs as a outside big five team um, so it's like you're telling me that all that work that UC did on the grind um, or the gridiron is now not going to be recognized in a video game format mm. because it's just all going to be randomized. I mean, it might still work as a kitsch. It's not going to replace what it once was. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. I choked at the worst time there. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a struggle if they don't get the actual player names and attributes associated with those teams for sure. I don't even need because I don't remember really truly even having the player names before. Correct. Um, it might have, but I just can't remember. No, they uh, I but I would like though there to be realistic attributes to so like with the point of like Madden, where you could take a team like I don't know, say the Detroit Lions from this year, and you could make them into a champion. Yep. Like if it's all just randomized, where is like my no gluts, no glory? If I'm playing as UC. I want to I want to show that like my team has been getting the best of the best, and it's like okay, in my mind, in the world, Alabama is the team that you always know that you're probably going to face in the playoffs at this point. Yep. So it's like, why wouldn't I want that instead of I don't know, shit, Boise State or something like that? I don't know, just some random team like that doesn't make any sense to me. Where's my connection to the outside of the sport? Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. My same concerns. Uh. Sean, also, they announced that uh, a new battlefield is coming this holiday with massive immersive battles with more players than ever before. Reveal coming in the spring, they say. Uh, so, good luck launching a alongside Halo. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think that this is the perfect game to be delayed. Uh, because Battlefield has historically come out. There's been many that have come out in the fall, but there's also been some that have come out like Q1 before. So I would not be surprised if this gets delayed into Q1, um, especially with COVID still happening, people still working from home quite a bit. Um, and I think this is interesting, but I think it also is dangerous territory because it's almost like they're adding just to add and say that, hey, we've got more, more, more. Because uh, I feel like, so the, the player count went from 32 to 64 last generation for Xbox One, PS4 generation. And 64 players I thought was pretty good. It was very balanced. Um, I'm not sure what the next step looks like, but if I had Mag. to get, yeah. If I, <laughs> I don't think it'll be quite that, but I think the next step might be 64 versus 64, which would be 128 players. And I feel like that might be too much. Uh, cause they're even, they're even talking about how there probably won't be a battle Royale at launch, but they may add one later. And with that in mind, obviously that's around like hundred players usually. So man, the 128 player matches could be a thing and i just don't know what that looks like you would have to have a massive map and have 
just like points of interest very far apart. Otherwise, you're going to have just massive amounts of people. It's going to be a cluster. But on the on the bright side, I love Battlefield, so I'm totally down for this. And if it goes back to the modern setting, I would love to see a modern Battlefield because we haven't seen one since Battlefield uh, Battlefield 4, which came out in like 2013 or something like that. Um, so I'm definitely down to see what they can do with a, a new modern Battlefield, but are you uh are you interested in this or are you excited uh if it's battlefield bad company three oh, yeah yes i wish uh, <laughs> which i know we're not getting i i know that i can only hope yeah but i i don't know man i i i joked about halo infinite but again that is like the only fps that i'm looking forward to playing this season I think it would be perfect for a delay. Not saying I wish upon that upon developers, because I know that means probably crunch time too. Yeah. Uh, but it's I, I the last time I played a Battlefield game was honestly the launch of the PS4. because yeah. uh, that was one of the launch games I got. And I had my fun with it. I really did. But it's just not a I'm not really into that war genre. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why Halo can captivate people is because it it gives a slight essence of that war drama, but adds so much science fiction that a lot of people like more instead of honestly gritty realism yeah. um, to where you actually feel more of an action hero as opposed to a grizzled soldier. Mm. So I, I don't know. I we'll see. Uh, it's, it's possible. I'll never say no, but yeah. at the same time, I'm not in that mindset when it comes to FPSs these days. Yeah, I just love the destruction in Battlefield. I'd love to see what that next level of destruction could be. But yeah, uh, moving into the last piece of our topic of the show, Sean, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is launching May 14th, and we got a lot of details. I know you're sleeping, but hey, this is a good, <laughs> this is a good freaking game. Uh, this this looks a lot better than what i thought it w- we would get i thought we would just get something essentially like a a port so to speak i didn't even think they would do much with it but i feel like they've done a lot with this it the legendary edition includes all three games with over 40 dlcs which is insane including like the 10 dlcs to the end of mass effect 3 <laughs> uh but they won't have the first dlc in uh, mass effect 1 you know that right that got announced later earlier today. Oh, really? The the source code was corrupted. Oh. So they will not have the very first DLC pack from Mass Effect 1. Oh, I don't even remember what that was, but that's interesting. I don't either. I just read a story on that earlier before the podcast. Huh. How do you lo- how corrupt source code how do you not have like backups of that people Ugh, whatever i mean uh, <laughs> dude a lot of games i mean final fantasy is notorious for that for uh it was either seven or eight had some horrible source code wow. that they had an issue with when it came to porting it over for the longest time to pcs Jeez. uh they they also announced that this is going to include 4K HDR overhauled visuals and enhanced performance, which you would think 60 frames per second, uh, with reduced loading times. Um, it has better controls. Weapons have been rebalanced in all of the games across the board, uh, but especially Mass Effect One. It seems they they put a lot of attention on Mass Effect One, which is good because Mass Effect One needed the most work. 
Uh, it's utilizing an AI upscale program to update all the textures and all three titles, which they said was imperative because there's no way they could have touched literally everything across all three games uh, in order to up upgrade the textures and, and make it look better. So very interesting they're using this AI upscale technology. Um, they also said, obviously, the as I just said, the original Mass Effect has been updated the most from a visual standpoint, as well as combat, as they talked about as well, with better controls, um, and including the, the Mako, which had historically bad controls in the first game. Uh, and yeah, I see that. Uh, and also, uh, they're still utilizing Unreal Engine 3 because of complexity from moving to Unreal Engine 4. Um, which was very interesting to me because obviously these games were built with Unreal Engine 3, but Unreal Engine 4 is kind of the current standard, and Unreal Engine 5 is just on the horizon coming this year, actually. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it sucks a little bit that they, didn't, they weren't able to move it to the newest uh, standard, but, I mean, what we've seen so far, it looks like Unreal Engine 3 is doing the job anyways. It, it still looks, looks really good. Yeah. As somebody who's not going to play it, it actually looks pretty. Yeah, and I, I guess the only problem I have with this is there's no next-gen enhancement. So it's, a, it's literally an Xbox One, PS4, and PC game. It's not natively made for ps5 or series x slash s um which is a little disappointing um and i have a feeling it's because they're using unreal engine 3 instead of 4 uh i would bet that unreal engine 3 doesn't support the new consoles um so that's probably why they're doing it that way um but obviously you can still play in backwards compatibility it just sucks that you can't get that extra you know power out of those consoles um but it should be good at least because you know they still have Xbox One X that they can target and then upgrade that to you know play that on uh, Series X. So uh, everything we've seen so far, it looks really good, and I'm very impressed with the visuals for Mass Effect One in particular, which needed a lot of love. So now, Sean. I'm happy for you and people that actually are really looking forward to jumping back into this trilogy or maybe experiencing it for the first time. Um, I've made no qualms about like I'm. It's going to be an opportunity that I'll probably pass on. Um, I do like that for Xbox game uh, gamers. It will be on Game Pass uh, since it is an EA game, um, and that is their deal. If I am I correct in saying this? Um, no, this will not be on Game Pass because EA Play EA doesn't put uh, new titles in EA Play. That's only like games that are later on, so like a year uh, okay. from now. I not that then yeah i was just under the assumption that it was all ea games but but still i mean good for the people that want to play this and experience it or experience it for the first time it's just not an opportunity that i'm looking forward to right now yeah Yeah, and and that's fair because the trilogy is literally probably hundreds of hours of gameplay it would take a long time to get through so yeah i can't blame you there uh, anything else before we close out the show, Sean? I got nothing else. Uh, hopefully some things will start settling down and I can get a little bit more consistency here. Uh, can't guarantee anything yet because five additional sites were added this week. Oof. So you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> For sure. 
All right. Maybe people will recognize you the next time you're on here. <laughs> Possible. My hair actually looks really good right now. Oh, saying. that's debatable. Anyways, <laughs> thank you again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Sean. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. Deuces.